So how was this month's reading? Let's let's have that. Let's get straight into it on this week's Sock Exchange, episode number 28. Let's get to it. <laughs> which book are we looking at? Or which books? Which were the most impactful? Come on, talk. 10X. What? 10X? That was my favorite out of all of them. Okay. All right. I got a 10X. What else? The Four Agreements. Four Agreements. Yeah. Okay. What else? What's next? I enjoyed Elon Musk the best out of these just because I enjoy him and then what he used. Yeah. That dude is. Yeah. I'm going to summarize everything and then kind of, you know, kind of go in. I think Four Agreements was it for me to be honest with you because there's a thought process to how I deliver this um, book club. And I thought about it today. I think it's important that we read about the CEOs of companies because this way you get a chance to understand the mind of a CEO should you want to become one yourself, right? But you get a chance to see what they go through and how they get through what they, you know, get through to the other side. And I thought that was very, very important, especially when you look at Elon Musk's story. I mean, he went through a lot. He went through a lot. We got very shocking similarities. It's amazing how you come up with an idea and you share it with someone and they champion that idea. And that same person that was your champion becomes your nemesis and they try to steal and kick you out of the whole mainframe of that situation. That's why it's so important to understand how to protect yourself, trademark yourself and understand all of the intricacies of business so that when you go out there, you're, you're protected. You're not sitting there going, uh, 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 what happened? When you look at the, um, the what was the other book? When you look at Peter, Peter Lynch's book, Peter Lynch's book to me, I've read this book three, four, five, maybe six times. So reading it again was like, okay, I'm doing it for you. You understand? But it's still something to find every time. Now, he, you got to realize that book took place back in this, you know, he, his information is from 1977 and 1990. Things have changed. And if you notice, what was the thing about Peter Lynch that he did not like? Well, I'll give you the he answer. He didn't like options. He didn't like options. He, he didn't like institutions. And he didn't like options, them. institutions. Was Yeah, he was, he was definitely like the enemy enemy inside the gate it's not at the gate but he was the enemy inside the gate he thought that everybody were buffoons so um but he also didn't like technology which kind of proves wrong right so that tells you that no matter what you can't take everybody including he says it himself don't believe, don't follow him either <laughs> you know um it's one of those things where it's like when people tell me they trust me, I go, don't trust me. Trust the research that I teach you how to do that backs you up to the information so you can trust yourself. Why? Because we so often give our allegiance and loyalties to people and people are just people. One day they just switch and you just don't know when. So if you know what the deal is, it's better. But his thing was technology. Um, he didn't like technology. He liked value companies and finding undervalued situations. Um, that used to be my play, but I also know how the market works. So it's a little bit different. All right. Um, what was the other books we read? Give me the, oh, 10X, we'll get to that. But if I had to look at how these books affected each like part of my, like I looked at them as ten tentacles, like from an octopus. What was going to touch your inside? What was going to motivate your outside? And what was going to rearrange your mainframe? And I think we were able to accomplish that with these books. And then you also saw 
the inspiration behind the 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 ups and the downs of Elon Musk and that you know he was just he's a genius in 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 a, you know in a kid's body it's like he fantasizes about what the world can become and he's an engineer so he figures out how he can create it and 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 I, you know I'm I'm going to give it away the last part and I'll just go back to it later on but it and if this is a thought if you want to start a business write a software for it wanted to get that one up early I just want to get that one up really early. That's a gem for you early because we're not in the same world we were before. This is not the same world. You know, this this world is not about banging nails into wood anymore, using your hands. There are people to do it, right? So you let them do it. But I, I was taught very young in my business that you should never do a job that you can pay someone else to do. So if you have someone that can do a $10 job, why are you doing your time is worth $1,000 an hour. Why are you doing a $10 job? It just doesn't make any sense, right? So this way you can delegate. And then the one thing I'm learning, and this is where I guess with my whole thing from all these books is how to automate. I haven't gotten there yet because I have, I've been resisting it because I like the connection of the, of the humanity that just that I like to talk to the people and get to know who they are. Does that make any sense? So could you imagine if you, some of you, for you guys that are in the next level 2.0, you know, if I just played videos, the videos are just as potent. The information was just as crucial and you got it all the time, but you never saw me. The connection would be missing. There would be no connection there. And I think that's important. So let's start off with the, uh, the four agreements a little bit. I probably missed one book. What book did I miss? Let's just in Babylon. Oh yeah. Babylon. No, okay. So that's like, if, if I had to read one more situation on how to pay myself first, I was probably going to be like, ah, cause at one point it got redundant. Right. I love the message though. Right. If you're going to go at, you know, going to your purse, bring, grab nine instead of 10. Right. So I understood that whole message, make your gold have babies, that type of thing. But that was the whole underlying message under everything. And I think in, in certain cases, it needed to be pounded in. It's just that this is like my third time through the story. So it's a little bit different for me. But I think it's, it's pres prescribed reading for everybody who wants to get familiar with money. Right. So um, I think that was all the books, right? Yeah. OK, so let's go to the top. Let's start with um, the four agreements. Right. Um, I think that probably makes sense. What was the thing about the four agreements that shook you to the core? Let's speak about it. Raise your hand. Go ahead, share. That nothing, that everything is, how can I put that? That nothing is what I perceive. Kind of like anything that I'm going through is because it's someone else, it's what someone else is feeling. So I should never take offense to anything that anyone says because it could just be a reflection of what it is that they're feeling. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, um, anybody else? I don't want to stab into it. I want you guys to give me what you got. Who's next? Well, he says that we're domesticated from a young age and it leaves us living by a set of rules that we haven't chosen for ourselves. You know, you, you think about that and it's like, God, that's so true. Like we do it to our kids. We do it. They did it to us. And it's like you get this set of values in you. And some of that's good. But on the other hand, some of it's very bad. You know, and some of it leaves us worrying about everybody else and how they feel about us. And it's just not right. You know? Yeah, I think, that's you, not I what think we the brainwash, the fix is in. The fix is in early. 
And um, if you don't unplug, and I think that the message for me was just unplugging. Unplugging from what was taught, what I see. Um, just because you come up with a good idea doesn't, like, I, now here's one of the thought processes on, like someone, is, I, when I used to write the, um, the blog, people used to ask me, did you read the book, The Four Agreements? And I said, no. Because early on, I realized that I never trusted titles. If you were a police officer, didn't mean you would serve and protect all. If you were a pastor, didn't mean that you would covet and protect all. I didn't believe in your title. I understood your humanity and I understand that it's flawed, right? So right away, and if, if it was so ingenious, our humanity, then we wouldn't see half of the things we see. We'd be living in a perfect world, so that's not perfect. So discernment is something I had to learn, boy, like over time, because you wanna have a big heart and you wanna help people and stuff like that. But those are the people who use that, that entrance way as a way to get as much and X, put that knife in you and then bounce out. So it's important that you know how to figure out what you're looking at and just don't give everybody a pass. And, and like I said it in an earlier um, uh, video, not all families blood and not all blood is family. It doesn't matter who you are, what shoes you stand in, it's how you deal with me and how we have that understanding. That's how I look at it because I'm not gonna fall into the, oh, because mama said and daddy said, and because this is what was done and this is how it goes. It's systemic. If that's the case, then I should still be broke because it was systemic. You know, I got a lot of people telling me how to be a millionaire that don't have $2 to make a coin. I go, stop, coming out. I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter where I'm at in my status at this point. I think that's just unimportant, unimportant to take it, take direction from people who haven't, who haven't been there. So that was something that um, impacted me early on. So when I read the book, it was like, ooh, hot spots. All right, who, um, who else wants to speak about the four agreements? Go ahead, Kimberly, and I'll come to you, Daryl. Okay, so one of the things that I got was um, transcend to the level of insistence, AKA have, no, yeah, basically through whatever you say, it will manifest. And I'm really like, passionate about that like the power of the spoken word if you say you're stupid then hey that's what you're going to be so it's all it's basically saying just watch out what you speak i love that story that he gave be about impeccable the with your word yes yeah. i got that be impeccable with your words so i love the story that he gave about the um you know someone telling their child you know your voice is hideous blah 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 and how the person never sang but it's so true in what we say and how we approach people and it just really makes you think about you know what should you say with your words like be very careful what you project because it will be perceived the way you say it towards people you know it's crazy so you know um i don't celebrate my celebrity but i was in a group with like dougie fresh and a bunch of people from the music business on clubhouse just about um over the weekend it was a long group, long, long, long call too, like four or five hours into the wee, or, wee hours. And Doug said something, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dana Dane, but Dana Dane was on a call too. Dana Dane, yeah. Right, so <laughs> Doug had said something that was so powerful and, and riveting to me, because here's what happens. He had said, there was this battle between Kumo D and um, Busy B, and this is old school rap. And Kumo D, ripped busy B a new tail. It was, it was, it was incredible. Right. So that impacted busy B's career that one night 
that one song, that one rhyme, that one, that one battle, it changed his own thought process about how he saw his own celebrity, how he saw his own person and the messaging that he was going to give going forward. This is why it's so important that you should understand. Yeah, you shouldn't take things personal, but it's important your understanding of yourself, because if you don't understand who you are, anyone's words can redirect you from who you are. Right. You can go on. You can go off course onto their course, because in, in that Dana Dane started speaking how he had a hit record. And we all know this in the industry. You, have, you could be making a lot of money and you can have a hit record and then you can also be broke and be all over the radio. And he was in that particular position because the label was trying to push him to a pop direction, which they all do that. Like they try to do it to me. And I just said, eh, I'm smarter than that. I'm doing something else proven. Right. So but this is years before I knew where I was going, but I knew something was not going to be. And that was what they wanted me to be. Right. So he was homeless at one time and he was saying that, you know, and this is one of the reasons why I, I reject going big. Right. Like someone said to me, you know, you can make thousands of dollars a month doing this. I said, I know I know what my, my worth is, but I also know what I can create on my own as well. But I also know what I have to give up when I have to deal with entitled people. Because if someone's going to write a check for me for $2,000, $5,000, they're going to expect, you know, a lot from it. And their bar is going to be what it is. And I don't feel that's where I want to be at this point. Um, I, lo I love doing what I do for the folks that I do it for. So mentality for me, now, before I got to the, like in the music business, I don't want to be subjected to someone liking what I did in order for me to make money. I don't want you to like me. Why? Because if you like me, then if you don't like me, then I don't make any money. So now I'm subjected to, you think my record is hot? I'm all over the place. I'm getting paid. You think my record is whack? Then I'm not getting any money. But just because I might make a record that's whack to you doesn't mean that I'm going to be whack on the next project. So therefore, now I'm still at this. I'm, it's like you're only as good as your last record. So that's one of the reasons why I control my sphere and I don't let an idea come in that's not my own. Not that I'm not open, but I know the difference, discernment, right? Between what's open, should I go there or what's open for me? That makes sense for me. Am I comfortable in that environment? Now, that word comfortable is hard for me because I don't like being comfortable that way, but I got to feel like I'm ready for the step. If I don't feel like I'm ready for the step, I'm not going to get out there because I'm only going to reject it and then I'll retract like, your boy 10x said but we'll go back Daryl, you wanted to add something to the discussion go ahead yeah i think a big thing that uh i read the four agreements a, a while ago but a big thing about it was uh don't don't make assumptions or assume and uh back back earlier on i had a, i had a, uh, to get over doing that about people or or situations i, I think it was a big thing in that uh, four agreements where he was uh really going over why you shouldn't make assumptions about certain things. Why does people, why do people make assumptions is the question. Why do they do that? It, it could be uh, a sense of uh, self-protection some, sometimes or not trusting people. I think it's people getting hurt. Yeah people getting hurt and they don't want to put themselves in a situation of hurt again. 
Right. So they they come up with all of these different frameworks to say, okay, these are my warning signs. Attention, Will Robinson. I saw red flag. You know, we got the red flags, right? So we see the red flags. And once we see the red flags, we run. We don't look at it, whether it's maroon, burgundy. We don't care. We don't try to identify what it really is. We're just running. And that's wrong to me, because then that means we're judging the book by the cover. And we really shouldn't do that because how many times and how many people in front of me have been judged for what they look like or for one sentence that they have said and all of a sudden someone thinks they know them? That's offensive, right? Because I can tell you that just personally speaking in public, sometimes you get nervous. And even to this day, sometimes I might get nervous to speak depending on what stage I'm on and you might not see my true personality if you judge me in the first three words or sentences. Right. But after you get a chance to understand, once I get my comfort, I get my bearing. I didn't speak just to be heard. I had something to say. And if you heard me long enough, then you would understand that it was impactful and it would be impactful because I wouldn't say anything that's not going to have maximum impact just to be heard because I don't need attention from them people. It just it just makes sense at that point. So how did it change your understanding of yourself? If I may, Kevin. Go ahead, Sharon. I read the four agreements for the first time 20 years ago. Mm. And what it taught me, what's, what struck me the most is how much we complicate our lives. Mm-hmm. And with these four simple rules, everything becomes clearer. Mm-hmm. You get a, a kind of clarity I got a clarity that I never had before. So I really appreciated that for agreements. I was introduced to it by a colleague. I would say a colleague, but um, with my job, I used to do training sessions. I used to do workshops Mm -hmm. and he was one of my vendors. And he introduced me to the four agreements. Actually, he gave me the, the copy of the book that I had. He gave it to me as a gift. And he said, you know, Sharon, you should read this. And I thought that was very insightful of him because he saw that I was in a place which was not the best place. Mm -hmm. And when I read the four agreements, it was kind of like you walked into a dark room and then all of a sudden it's flooded with light. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. everything becomes so much clearer. And as was mentioned before, you begin to realize, you know, all these agreements that I am living by have been imposed on me. They've been given to me and I'm trying to to live up to them. And if I just switch and I settle on these four agreements, and these are four simple, simple things. Don't make assumptions. Be impeccable with your word, meaning always speak the truth. Those simple things. If you can live by those, life is so much simpler. So the, the funny thing is, is I think that um, we allow ourselves to be programmed. And I'm, so, I'm sorry, I, I muted you, Sharon, because it's going to keep going back and forth. I'll let you come back in a second. But the, um, we allow ourselves to be uh, programmed because we're, we're falling into the trap of believing people on face value. You know, I understand that when people open their mouths, especially depending on what it is, especially with me, sometimes it's either they're doing the is the it's an exchange. It's a transaction in the conversation. Either someone's doing the buying or someone's doing the selling. 
someone wants me to believe that they are who they are. And, you know, someone has to believe I am who I am. But the problem is, I don't care if you believe me or not, I'm still going to be what I am, regardless of whether you take part in me or not. That's and that makes me a little bit more fearless and 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 I, I won't say careless, but almost careless, because I don't really care what people think, because my intention is to do good. But I don't have to walk around going, Baba Noosh, you're taught, you're touched and anointed. I look at it like, listen, this is who I am. You know, um, I know I can I can, you know, when you have that power to understand, because here's the deal. You only can be subjected to something that's you allow someone to do. <laughs> that's it. If you allow them that agreement. Right. So if you allow them to change your perspective, that means you didn't have a perspective to stand on. You didn't have it wasn't well thought out. Like there's no way if someone says to you, I don't like the tone in your voice, you should be working on how to change the tone in your voice. There's like everybody mute, please. There's no way that should be the case. And when you think about it, the only way like I had to change my whole persona and I came to that realization myself. That's the only way you make that change because something's not working for you. Right. So I looked at it like when I got to Wall Street, it was so crazy because when I was on the telephone, I just had a rap career. I was informal with the way that I spoke, with the way that I, well, I carried myself. The, my sentences were crazy. You wouldn't think I knew how to speak, but I had to learn and I had I watched and I saw the difference in what was successful for me and what was not. And that's what made me change. It wasn't because someone said something to me. No one ever said anything to me. Matter of fact, they were scared to talk to me because I was rough around the edges, right? But when I look at what I needed to do because I, it became my choice. Now, someone would walk to me and said, here's what you got to do. You got to do this. You got to do this. You can do that. When someone comes to you with a long laundry list of what changes are, you're going to reject it straight out because now automatically you know you and they don't know you. So who is someone to tell you who you're going to be? Right. So the whole programming thing, media, radio, TV, music, like everything's like, OK, I'm going to go back a little bit. MS Radio One, all of these big radio stations messed up radio. When you were in Michigan or when you was in New York, you heard your Michigan artists, you heard your New York artists, you heard your West Coast artists. If you was in the West Coast, you heard all the localized music. When Radio One happened and then TV happened like Comcast, now you'll be watching the same TV show at the same time. So for you guys who are old enough to realize this, we wasn't watching the same programming on our TV stations in different states at certain points. We was watching something different. We wasn't getting the same commercial, right? So a uniform way of getting a message to you. So then technology became great because we can get across this technology highway and it could be vast and and, 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 and and rich, right? But then the more technology stepped in, it started to creep into our mindset and change our mind. So now I can say to you that, you know what? You'll get a husband if you drive this car and wear these pants. And if I said it to everybody across the nation enough times, they would be thinking, where pants again? And where should I go find that husband, right? So you got to be careful of the messaging because it's just not the people who give you the agreements <laughs> it's life 
it's it's politics it's radio it's media it's what you read it's the messaging it's a lot it's not just this linear thing and and that's what i kind of got from it and then you know because if you're not careful you're going to create a facade to get along with the agreement does that make sense well, does anyone have anything to offer to that i got one care you're on mute. And, and go ahead. You're still you're in the still four mute. agreements. When they had um, the always do your best, mm -hmm. that was uh, I didn't realize that being your best looked different uh, in certain scenarios. You being tired, your best looks different than being fully rested or whether you at work or. You know, it, it, it just fluctuated based on where you were at. And then on top of that, um, having the ability to, to forgive yourself, um, that one that one was another takeaway that I guess you, it's like you kind of subconsciously knew it, but to have somebody to say it so black and white there in the book, uh, those, those were monumental for myself in regards, and in addition to everything else that was stated. Let me ask you a question, guys. Has, has anyone ever said something to you that was so impactful that it actually changed your mind for the bad? Like it actually made you go the wrong way in your life? Has that ever happened? Yes. You know, I, if it's not too deep, you want to share? That, that book, um, it, it brought me from a woman to a little girl. And I almost peeled away all the layers that I have learned, um, that I have uh, was taught to um, talk, taught how to talk, how to stand, how to dress, what to do, what not to do. It, I, I literally stripped myself away. And it also questioned me as, um, as a parent, um, Am I doing the right? Am I doing certain things? Should I change uh, a couple of things with parenting um, based on those four agreements? Um, Can I step in with that real quick? Without, without going into it, um, it, it, it made me self actualize myself and, and me as a woman, as a wife, and as a mom. Let me step in on that. You know, um, this is the danger though that I would say to you. Because what got you here is what got you here. And you're here. So be careful what you choose not to believe at this point. I say that because if you start changing and tinkering with the grand design, you'll get lost too. You'll get lost because you won't know what to believe, what makes sense. And then every question will be, a, every, every statement will be a question and you'll start to reach out for the answer instead of define the answer. So I look at it like you got to define what it is you are, define what it is your goal is. It's like, okay, when people come to me and they say, I want to be rich, I want to make money, I need to have this amount by this time I go, that's cool. But let's look at the big picture. What can you do right now? And let's look at what you can do right now that's going to get you to that target. Right. And, and can you be consistent no matter what happens? Can you be consistent? If the answer is yes to that, then 
it's a foregone conclusion. If we can be consistent on the on the other end, you'll hit the target, right? But if you say to me, um, I'm just going to keep buying, I'm just going to keep buying, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to keep buying, you might just be buying the wrong thing. And you might think that you're doing a good thing, but you're not because you might have just bought on your own misconception instead of direction. And so it's so important to have a goal to what you're achieving. So if it's the type of parenting or the type of what, what the goal is for your kids or what the goal is for your life, I think it should be defined. And I don't think you should leave room for anybody in to misplace that definition. You got to find that definition for yourself because you go into dangerous ground when you start opening yourself up to people with these type of admissions and people just the wrong people creep in and they just, that's where manipulation begins because they believe they make you believe that you can actually get what you want from them and they are the answer. They are the drink of water that fills your thirst. And that to me is super duper dangerous if you don't understand I, that. Yes, I agree. I, I just want to just say that it um, uh, it definitely not, I don't want to say define and, and I get what you're saying. Yes, if you leave yourself um, uh, in a vulnerable situation, someone will come and, um, and mess with that and tamper with that. But I want to just say that it, it made me definitely revise certain things. Um, I, I would think pertaining to my myself, and I did apply. I did a test on myself um, in a working environment and at home for about 48 hours. And I realized, I think Sharon said it, that if you do follow those four agreements, it makes life much more easier. There, the stresses that the stresses that I had or the things that would make me go zero to 100 didn't, it didn't affect me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it definitely, it, def- it definitely um, gave room for revision. No, it, I think we should be a work in progress. I didn't say process. I think it should be a work in progress. So I'm going to say this. So the first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. And I'm just going to kind of tap a little bit so we can kind of get to everything. You know, I'm going to try to spend at least 10 minutes on each. But I think the word is important. I think your word is important. I think the understanding of the person. I think you should know the person before you get around their word. I think it's important for you to understand who you're letting around your space. It's like someone said it in the contest. Be careful who you let whisper in your ears. They can change your whole mind. If you respect their word, you respect them as a person, you're going to respect their word until you have no reason not to. And I think that's where you can get hurt because people are are going to be subjective when it comes to what they feel you should be doing. Not that they're objective about it. They feel like if they don't take risk, why are you taking a risk? If they don't believe that way, they're going to clone their thought process. They're going to clone your thought process in order to be their thought process. And now you're doing what they want you to do instead of what you and your heart want to do. And then you'll wake up years later and go, "Why, why was I doing that again? And then you're on your third career. Right. Because someone said you should go to college and become a lawyer. You should go do this and do that. So I, I think that's uh, rather important. We talked about that. The um, I think we want to talk about don't take it personal. That I think that's a, a big deal. You know, we we take a lot of things personal and, and it hurts us. Who wants to speak on that? My son's in the back having a good time. <laughs> um, I want to say something really quick, Kevin. Um, you said about taking taking it personal. Um, I uh, work 
also well, I, at my church, I serve in the media department and, you know, I went to broadcasting school and stuff as well. And the one thing we learned is that you have to have thick skin. <laughs> I mean, you can mess up in this live TV and man, they can, you know, you can get kind of beat up about that. So you can't take that kind of stuff personal. You have to learn to move forward and move on. You hold on to stuff. It just causes so much uh, damage personally. Um, I, I've learned to just move on. And some people say, well, everybody can't do like you. I feel like you got to let it go. And um, tomorrow is another day. You know, you just can't hold on to stuff. You just can't take it personal. It, it, uh, it can affect you in a whole lot of ways negatively. So. Yeah, I think we're seeing that in society now. People, I think they're the most sensitive they've ever been in my entire life, you know, but that's just my thought process on it. You know, I'm going to skip there um, and kind of move on to uh, the next book, <laughs> which is uh, One Up on Wall Street. Let's talk about that. All right. So what did you learn from that book, guys? One Up on Wall Street. You want me to go through it? I'll say something, Kevin. Go ahead, Erica. Um, I feel like the one up on Wall Street has pretty much validated everything that you have been telling us about or teaching us about researching stocks, um, just with an explanation of why we research and just, um, you're not buying, like you say all the time, we're not buying prices, we're buying, you know, companies and how important it is to really understand where you're putting your money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that, um, that one of the chapters that I, I, I really love because it's something I talk about all the time is know the story. Know the story of the company you're buying. It's pretty important. <laughs> you know, I had a conversation this week with my main man, Dan, on the telephone and we broke it down. And there's a reason. And, and Dan helped us understand how I should deliver certain things to people as well, because not everybody receives everything the same way. So, you know, it's important to know all of these different things. It's just things you should know about a company before you even think about buying it. <laughs> you know, you're putting your hard earned money into it. And if you don't know it, then it's your fault. You're gambling. You're throwing, you're throwing a dice against the, you're playing CeeLo for you guys who know what CeeLo is. And, you know, it's not, yeah, it's a New York thing, I guess. But, <laughs> right, Kimberly? But it's just one of those things where you don't want to gamble with your family's future. So he, he spoke on that a lot. Um, so I got a question. What are some of the questions you need to ask yourself before buying a stock that he said? I'll give you the first question. Do you own a house? Is that relevant now? Do you really have to own a house before you own stock now? No, not now. <laughs> no, it's not relevant today. It was relevant back then when houses were 27,000 and interest rates were 19%. So <laughs> it was relevant back then when you can buy a house for 27,000. But at this point, nah, you can own stock. You know, like I don't own a house, but you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm all right with my existence. You know, I have to, I will own a house, but I don't think that defines me, you know, as far as what, as far as net worth is concerned, I think you should be able to invest at any point in stage in your life. I think that should be part of your indoctrination as an adult. Once you start making money passed on from your parents, you know, I think that should be the main thing. Um, and then the other thing is something that I always make a qualification. 
do I need the money? If you need the money, should it be in the market? No. Absolutely not. It should not be in the market because if it's in the market and you need the money, you're going to have a problem later when it comes down to what if the stock doesn't work out in the time that you want it to work out in, right? So I don't think that you should ever put anything in the middle that you can't afford to lose in the first place, you know, and everything has to be an educated guess, but that's something he spoke on. And then he said, um, and this is important. Ooh, this is important. Do you have what it takes to be successful in the market? What did he mean by that? Go ahead, James. No emotions. You know, are you going to be able to hold it when it drops and not run, not sell everything and get the hell out? You know, right. I mean, it's, it's this, guy, this way you get all your stuff from. I'm figuring it out. You know, like he's your mentor and it, it, it shows and it, it's good reason because everything that we use him telling us about, you know, buy debt free companies, invest in companies with a high P&E, you know, uh, the types of companies that we go for fast growers. You know, the, the, everything that we look at is what he's looking for, you know. Uh, you know pay attention to the companies you use regularly, you know. Things like that. Like, back then it was more of the, the products that you used regularly. Now it's more of, what do you see every day? We see Adobe. You know, we see all these companies that are out there that are just big and, and doing their thing. But that's the companies that you should be looking at. Not mm -hmm. saying that, you know, that anyone in particular, but. Those are the companies, and he was talking about Nabisco and Coca-Cola and you know Dunkin' Donuts and everything else back then. You know, it's the same principle. We just turned our focus to other areas. Well, you gotta. Well, you here's know? the other part. You know, the words that he used um, was like patience, right? Um, Self-reliance was one of those things, and then flexibility. See, flexibility is important because if you think of it as just one static thing, then you're going to put yourself in a situation where, oh, no, Peter Lynch said this and this is what it is. No, it's not, because he did it from 1977 to 1990. He took 20 billion, 20 million and turned it into 13 billion. You understand? So it's, it's a different ball game altogether. So everything has to you have to be able to switch a little bit. And, and understand the times that you're in. And he used this thing that my dad used to always tell me, and it always ended like this. If it had teeth, it would bite you. Common sense, right? So you have to use your common sense. But if your whole action is to buy what someone said to you, a tip, you know, one of my main problems I have, and this is why I kind of peeled back off of Clubhouse a little bit, is that, you know, I hear a lot of people who I, I want to have a room where I, I want to know who made a million dollars in the stock market and I want to hear it from them. I don't want to hear it from the person who made some purse change. I want to hear it from the person who made a million dollars in the stock market. That way I can be like, I'm in the right room. I can learn something from that room. All right. Because I've done that. So I know I can teach that, but I can't get it from someone who has never done it. So that kind of bothers me a lot when I hear it. It just pisses me off. So it's 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 you got to be careful you got to use your common sense to say okay and it's hard to have common sense if you don't know what the market is you don't know how these things work there's so many variables in a market that once you think you got it 
somebody throws more marbles into the tank and now it's all over the place again. Now you got to start from ground floor. And it takes you so long to realize that. That's why I tell people, people, there's no ego in hard work and work ethic, guys. You got to work hard to get there. It just looks easy at the end. The byproduct is the, it's like every artist that I've ever known in the music business that became a superstar got a story. Took five, took 10 years before they came out with their first record. And then you saw them have six, seven, eight albums that are classics. But their story had to be there. And it's the same thing. He said, have an open mind, right? Open-mindedness. Why? Because you got to be able to see the winning in advance. You got to be able to see years, not the money you could make right away. <laughs> That's silly. That's how you lose a lot of money going for short-term pleasure. It's long-term pain, right? So yeah, when I chose him, he averaged 29.9% for 13 years straight. And I think he would have crushed Warren Buffett's record had he stayed an investor, crushed it. Because Warren Buffett is not, he's changing a little bit. When he made the $90 billion investment in Apple, that was a switch from what he was doing, right? But he changed a little bit, but it's it's different. And he knows what he's doing in his realm and he's good in his realm. But to me, um, I follow Peter Lynch and that's just it. But you also have to have this uncanny ability to make mistakes and be okay with it. You got to take your losses. If you can't take your losses, you can't get any gains. You can't because you'll get married to a stock and all of a sudden you, you get you, you did the research. I know what I'm doing. I believe and you believe to the day it went out of business. Right. So you got to be able to understand mistakes. And then it says the willingness to do research. Um, and ignore gut reaction. Let me ask you a question. How important is avoiding gut reaction? Very important. I learned that from you, research. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? It is, because if, if you do your gut reaction, you're losing money. Go ahead, James. The down days show us that. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, but hey, you know, you know why I posted my down day today, right? And that was it. I was down a little bit more. <laughs> but I did that to shut people down on what they thought a down day meant to them. They had to redefine it now. Does that make sense? You had to redefine that. Because once you looked at it, it said, well, wait a minute. I'm down a couple of pennies. This guy's down my salary for a year in one day. Shut up and sit down in the corner. Somebody sent me a text. Man, I got the worst timing. I said, pull up your pants, girly boy, and send him a picture. And he didn't send me anything back. <laughs> it was fun. Anyway, let's talk about 10X, guys. So tell me about 10X. You said that was like your favorite. Some people said they voted on that as like the favorite book. Tell me why, Tanya. Um. Yeah, I love 10X, uh, 10X and Elon Musk. They kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> um, well, but uh, 10X. Just stay on 10X for a second. Okay, sure. I I'll stay on 10X. Um, I, I think I just really liked um, how hardcore the guy was, uh, the, the writer, the author. Um, Grant Yes, I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> Got a million names in my head. But yeah, he was, if you're a person who needs to be pushed to that next level, 
Um, I even recommended my kids to uh, read that book because they have their own projects and things they want to do for a future. And I even I, I want to compare. I like crushing it. I'm just going back a little bit. I like crushing it. But then after her 10x, I really, really like 10x. Like it's it's even a higher level. Crushing it gave you more things to hold on to. 10x to give you what you held on to to push to the next level. Yes, that's what I was. Yeah, just yeah. it's a next level book. Um, and I really, I just really enjoyed uh, listening to it. I, I'd listen to the audio book. Um, yeah, we all, I mean, please, I don't have time to listen. <laughs> yeah, I have time to read like I used to, but. Yeah, I got to listen to the books. And then, you know, that was, anything, anyone else have anything to offer on the 10X? Okay, James. Yeah, I mean, the guy's energy was just through the roof. Having him read that book was what made it for me. You know, like you could feel the passion about this guy and what he was talking about, where he was going with it. And, you know, the, the fact that put your goals 10 times what you would normally do. If you only get to seven, who cares? Look at it. It's better than getting to two. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, instead of doubling it, I'm going to make seven times, but I'm going to shoot for 10. It was incredible, man. And just the passion behind what he wanted, where he was going, and, and he was never satisfied. Like, yeah. if you beat the goal, then it's 10 times that. You know, it's always bigger. It's always better. And you strive to go better and be farther. Uh, it, one of the best things he said is it's your duty to be successful. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Do not, do not have success as an option. It's yeah. your duty. Do it. Just make it happen. There's nothing else. There is no losing. Put it all in the, all your care cards in the table and we're going to play this hand because this is how it is. He said, you know, but it really excited me on that. Uh, made your heart pump while you're reading. Put it that way. Yeah, listen, I was right listening to it. <laughs> I got it. The, the thing he said, one of the things that stuck out was we failed to access the level required to hit the goal. We want the goal, but we don't look at the level in which we got to operate to hit the goal to our satisfaction or above satisfaction. That was that was something. And he said, um, most underestimate the effort. Right. Most underestimate the effort. And um, I, like I always say, like everybody wants the baby, but nobody wants the pain, right? So they just want it right away. But the process gives you the endurance for the next level. Whatever, once you accomplish something, whatever it is that was meaningful to you, you are able to accomplish it again and again and again. Because you're using the same formula now. You're just putting that work in. Um, and then he said, um, adjust think your thinking levels. You have to think of something that was unimaginable, you know, and, and kind of goes there and have 10 times the activity. Massive level of action. Go ahead, James. Yeah, he said time management is more about knowing your priorities clearly than uh, actually finding a balance of your time. You know, it was great. Like, that's half the problem you fight is because you try to get into something before you know what you're trying to get mm -hmm. or how you're going to get to. So mm -hmm. you jump into it and then it takes you 10 times as long or 10 times harder to get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So find where you want to be, set that goal, know what it's going to take to get to it. And then you have a better shot at getting it. And, th and then he see what he said was, it is your ethical duty to be successful. Ethical, ethical, like ethical. Like it's the way you put it, like ethical duty to be to be successful. And here's the other one. Quit lying to yourself. And this is where I ask for a little grace. He says, stop being a bitch. 
right? Stop being a crybaby, baby. Stop being a victim. Because that's the part where I get off on. Because I was talking to one of my old agents today. She's a manager now, right? And I haven't been known for razor blades and alcohol. I was a tough manager. But because I was so skilled and I was one of the best in the nation at doing it, of course I was tough. Because I said to her as she was telling me about what tri what tribulation she was going through, she had mentioned to me, she said to me, because submit is very important in my business. If you work for me, you're going to submit, right? So she said, now I understand why you 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 took pride in making sure 100% of your team submitted every week. And, and that's really hard. I said, yes, I assessed the metrics. I understood what they needed to do and how they needed to convert on every single level. And it was no way if you didn't get X amount of numbers, I know you were not going to do the extra numbers you said you're going to do. So I had to reverse engineer it and put it on another level. And then when I started talking to her, she was one of those people that was Huh, huh, hmm, right? Crying in the first two weeks of employment because not sure of how she's going to get it done. Now look at her now because I assessed what her what her her potential could be, and I ten x that potential. And she was a beast. She was a beast. She went from making thirty grand in a in a whole entire year to making nine grand in a week. So it's because of what your brain says you can do. Well, when you make that other agreement, right? <laughs> it's, it all ties in that you can be more. And then you understand that the wasted effort and time that you're putting in is it's just not productive time. And you start to prioritize your success. Then it becomes easy to 10X what you're doing. It becomes easy to take it to that next level, right? And says, I always put it like, if you die tomorrow, what would happen to the things, the business, and what would the people do the next day? And as much as you'd like to think they'd have a weeping party, let me give it to you War, They would step over the body and keep it moving. That's it. Because they got to. <laughs> That's the reality, right? One of the things he talked about was blamers. Ooh, I hate blamers. Ah, does anyone agree with that one? Like, really? Come on. Because, I mean, I sat up there and was like, because it's easy to pass control over the, somebody else and make them the scapegoat for something you didn't have the courage to go through. So you play victim. You don't take any responsibility. There's no accountability there. So you could just say what you want, do what you want, and say, well, he did it. <laughs> it's his fault. He was tough on me. This is why I didn't do it. Well, Wow. How do you give someone the responsibility for you to eat? It's not like someone has to tell you or train you how to chew. When you're hungry, you won't eat. You're just not hungry enough. And so I, I thought that was really awesome as far as the message is concerned. And then the necessary tools to success. What are, what are those now, now that you've read that book, what are the necessary tools to success? Come on. It can't be the same people over and over again. I love them but give me somebody different. Here's my wife. <laughs> um, I think what stood out to me was um, when he said being intentional about your success, not just going along, hoping that um, you get to a certain point, but um, doing what's needed to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that stood out to me. So, Discipline. Is that oh, it's awesome. Thank you, honey. Discipline, persistence, action. 
right? Discipline, discipline, persistent action. And he repeated success, like he said, about a million times in that book. You know, um, how do you kill all ability to be successful is when you do nothing. Like you kill every single bit of trying to be successful is then you do nothing. You want everything. Oh, I like that. That's a nice car. Oh, I love to live in that house. Those are some nice shoes, man. Like, oh, that's a nice ring. Oh my God. That belt is awesome. But you do nothing to get it. Oh, I wish I had a million dollars in the market. Oh, I wish I had a million dollars. You do nothing. You sit on your sideline and do nothing. And that's why people fail. They make a whole bunch of excuses instead of them making plans. Go ahead, Chica. Thank you for saying that part. I thought that was a really small part of like the whole book, but it was the part that spoke to me. When he started talking about, um, he was on the phone with somebody somewhere and they were setting up a meeting for next week. And he was like, I can, I'm going to be there to, in two days. So I'll be there anyway. Can we just go ahead and meet? And to me, I was like, yeah, like just do it now. Like don't wait because when you wait, you give yourself an opportunity to sabotage your opportunity. Yeah, he was like, listen, um, you called me for the TV show. Uh, I'm going to be in New York on Thursday. Just, just, just so happens I'm going to be on Thursday. I didn't plan to be on New York on Thursday, but he didn't know that. I'm going to be in New York on Thursday. And I can make with you what times I could be there. I, and, you know, that's the thought process. It's called what they call a trial close. He's closing him on the concept. And now you got to look at it like this. If you're, if let's say you came to me and you had a, a business and you needed 10 grand to get started, right? and you wanted to work part-time, what's the chances you gonna get that money from me if I was interested in the business? Like zero, like you should have not wasted the plane ticket, the gas or the breath. You better off going to sleep with that, right? But if I know you're gonna bust your tail and the business is viable, cause I checked it out, so I know it works. So if it don't work for you, it just means you wasn't working for it. But I know you're working around tail. I'm not only gonna try to make it happen with you, um, I'm going to go ahead and sponsor that easy because it ain't nothing. It's a write-off, right? But the bottom line is if you're not willing to put all that, that, that sweat equity, that physical capital into it, you can't expect anybody to invest in you because you're not believing in yourself. It's almost like when you break down your day, daily hour intake, I got 24 hours. How many parts of that day are you sleeping? If you sleep in eight, you cheating your life away. If you sleep in eight hours, you are bugging. I don't care. Oh, I need eight hours. No, you don't. Don't lie to yourself. You don't need eight hours. That both out the way. Because I'll tell you that, right? I'm going to sleep eight hours in my freaking entire life. Eight hours. I don't think that way. Why? Because it doesn't make sense. It's not productive. It's just not productive. And so when you think about that, you got to say, okay, that's eight hours. How many hours am I putting at work? I'm putting eight to 12 hours. So then let me ask you a question. Are you putting eight to 12 hours straight? Are you putting it like spotty? Okay, let me flip it. Are you putting eight to 12 hours in for you or are you putting eight, 12 hours for them? Who are you working for now? So are you looking to get the data boy, out boy, or are you looking to enjoy your net worth that you're building? Which one are you living for? When you look at the end of the day and you see the count at the end, you got to ask yourself when it all adds up and you put all these hours into somebody's business and you can barely afford to do what you need to do, then you sit up there in your 50s and you can't even control how you think anymore because you already read somebody else's agreements and they're not even yours no more. So now all of a sudden you're in a world all by yourself and you can't even afford because when your money goes away, so do the people. 
oh, I need a dollar. I ain't got no dollar. Nah, I'm good. I'm trying to take care of my own. And it's all right to be selfish because I got to take care of me and mine, my family. Man, you better get yourself together. That's why when I read these books and I give you these books, I'm not giving you these books without purpose. Because I can see if you ask yourself the question and you are honest with yourself, are you a failure or are you a success? And here's what I'm going to throw at you. If you are breathing, you can be successful. It's to be determined. You understand that? Because if someone says you're a failure, it's like I said this to somebody the other day. I was Somebody called me up and I'm kicking it with them. And they're talking, they asked me questions about 2.0. And I understand that not where they need to be to be there. So it was okay. But I said to him, I said, let me ask you a question. What if I said to you, you would be a failure? What would you say back to me automatically off top? If I said, you're going to fail, what would you say to me? Who want to answer? Kimberly, come on. Because I know you ain't no failure, but I'm going to ask you the question. If I said to you, you're going to be a failure, Kimberly, what would you say to me? Unmute yourself. I would say I rebuke your statement. <laughs> come on, don't go, don't go to church on me. No. <laughs> I rebuke you in the name of homeless All right, listen. So then that's I, what I would say, though. So, so say with me. So I said, okay, that's cool. So then I'd say to you, what if I said, then rephrase it? I said, well, based on your habits, you would it, you'd be a failure. What would you then say? Well, if I don't fail at something, how am I going to succeed at anything? But that's not what I said. I said, based on your habits. I know. Right. So based on your habits, you're going to be a failure. What would you say to me? From your words, not mine. Okay. Then I'd say to you, well, let me ask you a question. Do you think I'm successful? No. You don't think I'm successful? You know I'm successful. <laughs> that's what you're trying to say? <laughs> See now you know how it feels. No, right. So but listen, he didn't I, like that. I can prove it. if it was a if, it, if it's mine if it's a financial thing I can prove it. If it's right. a, I've achieved something I can prove that too. I have the the, the resume, right? So mm -hmm. if I have the resume, which is certifiable, check on deck, right? Right. Then you got to say then if that's the case, I recognize successful habits. Why? Because it wasn't just my habits. I know a good 70 or 80 millionaires that I can get on the phone today and I see what they do to become successful. So I got a good eyelid on what successful habits are. And if I then come back to you and say to you, based on your habits, you're going to be unsuccessful. Then what do you say? You said I'm going to be successful or not successful. Based on your habits. That I'm not going to be. Then I would say, well, what habits would you recommend? That's the answer I was looking for. You understand? Because they because we got ego in our action. It's mm -hmm. a work ethic in our action. We think we know. And just to say we think and know don't even make sense. It's an oxymoronic statement. Mm -hmm. Right? So I had to adjust that within myself in order to come up with that thought process that just ran to you. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. I, 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 don't, re I don't rebuke you. Thank you. <laughs> I, you couldn't. I, I make sure that I give that to the people and I make I rewire their brain so much that you cannot come to me because if I'm going to open my mouth, I'm factual with it. The data's already collected. I'm the alligator. Put your hand in there. Don't do that. Because the minute you challenge me, 
I'm not gonna, I'm not only gonna checkmate you in three moves, and it would have been two, but I wanted to put you through some pain first. Mm-hmm. And that's where you gotta be careful what you say to people and what you gotta be careful what you believe when you when you're talking to people, because some people are just outright mean and they'll say something to hurt your spirit and soul that'll change your whole life if you receive it and you let it. Yep. That's yeah. That that I don't know where I don't know how I got there, but I got there, right? Because I said rebuke and you went to church. Yeah, that's how it was. <laughs> don't do that. You heard me. So the other thing he said <laughs> was the do nothings or the retreaters, right? The retreaters, like I, I thought about that because they fear they fear rejection. Dude, how many how many times are you gonna let life pass you by, and how many lives do you have? that you're going to get scared every time you run up against the fire. There are some people who walk on fire and just because you can't perceive it doesn't mean you can't achieve it. So it's almost like saying, no, that ain't gonna happen to, you know what? That could be a possibility, but if you can give me some information, I'm open to it not being a possibility. So show me how to walk on fire and be successful doing it. And but I gotta be careful. Did you walk on fire? Yeah, you walked on fire. Okay, how many times have you done it? Well, I've done it about 10,000 times. Okay, I could follow you. Not, I walked on fire once. I did it, yeah. How was your feet after that? I burned the crap out of my feet. I mean, you know, I'm not good at that, right? So now you're following the wrong person who's pretending. So you hear a lot about being a, an imposter. You know, they have imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's because you didn't do your homework. You didn't back down and get professional with it. You know, it's like when people keep coming to me, like I'm getting approached by so many people on the, yo, man, you can you can make X amount of dollars every single month and blah, 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 blah. I'm so tired of hearing that. Does anyone know why, though? Anyone can answer. Why do you think I'm tired of hearing that? Because you're not in it for the money. I mean, my, my son, I'm in it for my son, so I got to make money. That's not that's not all the way true. You know, I, you know, I'm not Mother Teresa over here. There's a reason why I need to, I, I, re, I just rejected. Who who knows why? Ahead, it's Chuck. almost like they're demeaning what you're actually doing right now. Like, as if what you're doing right now is, is not good enough. No, nah, I don't have that insecurity about it. Go ahead, Sheikah. Because when you decide to do a thing, you don't haphazardly fall into it. You've already plotted, planned, and thought through your process to get you to where you want to go, the way you want to get there. Absolutely. I lever up on my understanding. I create the platform in which I feel like I've done all of the work. It's almost like when you get into a relationship, right? You go all the way to that relationship. I could tell you, you ever been in a relationship with a chemical pain? Now, so you got to say there's chemical pain, right? After you break up, you feel it in your heart. It's right underneath your breastplate, right? That's that chemical pain. When you've done everything that you were supposed to do in that relationship, have you realized that sometimes you don't even feel that chemical pain? You can just walk away clean because you've done everything and you've exhausted every option and it's done. You don't have to worry about it, right? I've had that happen because once I go all in, I've gone all in. And when you show me that I'm a pit bull banging my head against the door. I'm not dumb, nor am I the doorknob. I got to go. And then I'm done. So when I build something, 
but the same perspective. I'm going to go all the way in. I'm going to think of all of the chess moves on that board. And once it's done, it's good. I don't want to put myself into a situation where if I felt like today, I fell asleep on the couch for like an hour after working out, right? I am not trying to not have time to spend with my family. I don't care what you talk about. What money are you going to toss to me that I can't make on my own in the stock market? What? I does this thing. I know what I'm doing here. I don't get scared. I know I'm prepared. I've spent most of my days in these dark rooms, in these corridors between internet connections and, and, and freaking pages on websites to understand information and get insights. Most of my days, and I don't say like 365 of them, I'm talking about 26 times 30, 365, that type of thing. Hours around the clock, hours. It's like, I ask people not to text me after eight or nine because I'm always working on, it's not because I wanna get rest, I wanna spend with my family, but I wanna have the luxury to continue my work in peace so I can find the things that make us successful. And that's what you want, right? But it's, I won't move on to the money thing. Well, you can make $100,000 a month. I'm like, dude, I'll make that in a day, give it to me. I don't need it in a month. What I need is to make sure I have a system that makes sense for me where I can escalate, scale up and still keep the time that I have for my family because why did I retire in the first place? So I can spend time with my son. That's why I'm not gonna get on your internet and be doing 50 million programs and talking to 50 million people and having people call me every week and every day, that stop. Like you'll show me today, don't text me unless I say go. If it ain't go, don't text me. No one wants to get on the phone with the alligator when I say that after I say that, because I'm going to tell you like it is. I don't have a problem with that. Right. But the reality is, you know, I got your back. That's why I'm saying don't do that. I'm going to make sure I put it out there the right way. So, yes, I got to make sure that I'm doing it a certain way and, and I'm not going to retract. I'm not going to back up on it because this is the part when you know what you know and you know, you know what you know and everybody knows what you know then you got a backbone in the understanding that you won't back up on. Now, doesn't mean that you can't learn something new. It just means that it's gonna take more than a sweet word to change your mind. Does that make sense? So let's go to the next thing. So failing can be a habit. Failing can be a habit. Why do I say that? Come on, think about it and speak about it. Failing can be a habit. Why would I say that? Stop trying to do your best for fear of failure. Yep. You okay? If you fail, if you if you were successful at something, D, and you did that well, would you know how to do it again? So, would you say success is a learned behavior? Yes. So, Certified. if you failed at something and you continued to fail at something, would you say that's a learned behavior too? Yep. So, if then you say okay. There's certain feelings that come from success. So how do you feel about yourself when you're successful? How do you feel? You feel good. It's almost a state of euphoria, depending on how successful you are and what it is you're so doing. You could say the word success, it could be on a minimal, marginal, or maximum level, right? right? But it's still a feeling of dopamine going through your system. That serotonin starts getting in your brain, and you start to feel real good about where you are. You're in command, right? Well, what type of chemicals go through your body when you fail? Success, it's not success, it's, it's insecurity. Mm -hmm. It's the kick dog mentality. It's that red flag, stop, 
something happened that I couldn't adjust to and I couldn't deal with in my life, all of a sudden I needed to back up and retreat because I know that it's gonna turn out the same way. How many people have let that stop them? Too many. Right? That's crazy. So those insecurities helped hurt you in all your relationships, whether it be business, friendships, family, you know, um, marriage, everything. Because if you had failed in all your relationships prior, it's like I laugh at the, the it's going to be funny. This is going to be really funny. Okay, so how many relationships do you think the average person has had? Like relationships, man or woman, whatever the case may be, whatever your preference is. But how many relationships do you think people have average? Come on. With men and women combined? Tim? Okay, you, how many relationships have you had in your life? Who are you talking to? You. Me? You talking? <laughs> Come on now. Uh, relationships? Relationships, you know. From day girl one? meets guy. Relationships. Yeah, not relationships. Relations. Yeah. Um, I would say probably okay. about lifetime. Serious relationships. Serious, that's what I mean. Yeah, serious relationships. Uh, I would say probably like uh, 10. Okay, so let's let's keep that number 10. Now, have you been married before? Yes. Okay, how many times? Twice. Okay, stop there. D, you've been married once? Yes. How many relationships? Serious ones? I like three or four. Okay. Y'all don't know what I'm doing. This is like the takedown. I'm doing a Bob Backlund in a minute. Y'all don't know who Bob Backlund is? Look him up on yeah. the internet. Yeah, it. Yeah. All right, Gina, Wrestler. come on. You already know. It's coming. Gina, how many relationships? Um, Probably three or four serious ones. Okay, so how many times you married? Besides this one, one. Dude, I asked the question. <laughs> Give me a direct answer. Stop playing with me. <laughs> I ain't playing. I mean, I've, I've been married twice. I'm still married now. So this two. This one and my other one. Keep talking crap. He's going to hear you. Okay. So <laughs> he's he going to put the smack down. I'm just messing with you. All right. So let's leave it there for a minute. All right. Y'all go back to mute. All right. So here's the reality. This is a joke that I laugh about all the time. How the hell do we expect to be so good in marriage when we never got relationships right in the first place? We had 10 different shots at it and we expected to get married and stay perfect in that relationship. And we created such a fairy tale that it was going to work out. It was going to work out. It's a fairy tale. We create, cause now that we're married, we got to do it differently. Now that we're married, we got to close our mouth about certain things. Now that we're married. Count. What? The teens count. The teens count. What'd you say? Do the teens count. Shut up. So <laughs> now that you're married, we got to be perfect. Dude, if it didn't work for you in the relationships, 10 relationships prior, it ain't going to work for you in the next one. It's still a relationship. The only difference between that relationship is the penmanship on the marriage certificate. <laughs> you dig? So when you think about it, that's why I go, yeah, you got to be careful because failure could be contagious. 
Problem is, if we don't turn around and say, okay, what did we do that that was upsetting? What it, what disturbed our spirit? What happened to us? And then we don't put ourselves through that little relationship boot camp by being by ourselves, right? Because some people scared to be alone. You know that you know, ooh, scared to be alone. If we don't do that, then there's no way. Like I stopped five years, no relationships. Leave me alone. None. Like no contact. Leave me alone. I'm busy. I'm building right now. I got and 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 out of nowhere, bing. God was like, shut up. Yeah, 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 yeah. shut up. Here you go. Ding. <laughs> and now I'm here. Nothing's going to be perfect. I'll take 60, 40, though, and work on the 40% any day of the week. You understand? Any day of the week. I just can't take 35, 75 on an uneven split. You understand what I'm saying? That makes no sense. And especially when you're not 100%. Right. Okay. So, whew, we got 12 minutes for Elon Musk. Yeah, right? So let's get to it. What did we learn about my man, Elon? I, I got to say something. I know I spoke three times, but <laughs> I love I love Elon Musk. He was I was laughing through a lot of that stuff. I mean, that man was that man is boot camp. And, and as a matter of fact, today was funny. I was watching the nightly news and I feel so bad for those engineers today that that rocket exploded. <laughs> <laughs> that a rocket exploded on, I guess, on when it landed. Mm -hmm. I could just imagine what uh, those people are probably dealing with. I imagine yeah. Leon, Leon, Leon was, you know, he like Leon Spinks. He did yeah, he's a doggy dog. <laughs> he is a dog. <laughs> like, it, it, he's nuts. But go, what are we going to say? No, I just, I, um, he was an interesting guy. Like, I, you know, when I first was the beginning of um, listening to his audio, the audio book, um, I didn't realize that man was like such a genius. He was, he's like a bookworm. Like when they ran out of books in the library, he, he's like, well, you guys just need to order more books. He told they didn't me think he knew how to speak. <laughs> he would just read. Yeah. He, he would just read behind some, 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 some little nook and he'd just be reading. Yeah. Encyclopedias. Yeah. Super All kinds of stuff. Yeah. I liked him. I liked his story. His story was very interesting. You know, when he told that one guy, uh, you need to get your priorities straight, uh, he was like, well, my wife had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he hired people with no kids. I know. I understand that. It was it was I just really enjoyed listening to his story. He's he's boot camp. And I like how he survived through the toughest times, like when it was down to the to the end, like he he fought to the very end before he got that breakthrough. And I thought that was admirable for to see that man go through what he went through, and he he stayed he, strong. He didn't, I mean, what I saw is an eccentric, highly intelligent. And he he created a thought and then engineered his way to the process. How do you, in your mind, decide that you're going to go buy a Russian missile? Who's going to go buy a Russian missile here? Y'all gonna listen? I need to go buy a Russian missile. You know anybody? Can you refer somebody to me? You understand what I'm saying? Yo, listen, sidebar, Travis and Daryl, you guys are funny as hell in the chat. Anyway, back to where we were at. So, like, <laughs> now everybody look at the chat and read it, right? But anyway, so, but no, who decides they're going to buy a, Russell, a Russian missile? We contact somebody in, in the government. And next, you know, he's got a, he goes in, he meets with, they drink all day. And now all of a sudden they're buying a missile. And they didn't take him serious. 
And that's the worst thing. <laughs> he said, I got a guy. Hilarious, John. That's the worst thing that like, you know, you could like, you gotta believe someone who's that, this guy was just that serious. And then the other thing that happened to him when he had, um, uh, when he was at Zip2, see, everybody left him. They abandoned him, took his whole squad, right? Because he was eccentric. And a lot of times eccentric people don't know how to communicate with people. They just know that they want something done a certain way and there's no feelings in it. And so if you run around in your feelings all day, you're going you're gonna to miss the opportunity to be great with that type of great person. You're going to miss the opportunity because they're not going to sit around waiting for you to get the signal to be great with them. You understand? And, you gotta, and, and sometimes it's not, you got to, some people are not going to communicate to you in your love language. What is this business? Your love language. Where did they get these stuff from? Like, you know, next, I just love language. Anyway, so they're not going to communicate with you that way. But when he went there and then all of a sudden that other one, Confinity, I think was the company that came into his company and they were doing all right. Then they started having all these disagreements Then they moved out, you know, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden Lennox versus Microsoft and all the engineers started bickering. And then it's like, OK, we're going to give you the money. We're going <laughs> to we're going to buy your asses. And then all of a sudden the engineers go and he's like, oh, forget them. I'm not going to fight them. I'm just going to hire more people. Then next you know, he has this idea for the internet that started when he was at, uh, what was the Bank of Nova Scotia? And he's like, you know what? There's an arbitrage situation that no one ever saw, but out of him being in the bank, he saw an opportunity to create an internet bank. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these different things, he was just a forward thinker. And when you look at it, it gives you, if you become a kid, he said, and he cashed out too early. Um, you become a kid and you can live in that book because you start to imagine what it's like to, to dream again. Say, I want to do something and just do it, right? You don't like, he slept in his offices. I tell people I worked 110 hours a week. It was no joke. I had to, had to. Why? Because there's a certain point where there's responsibility and accountability and you can't just take credit when things go right. You gotta take credit when things go wrong too. You gotta be there for the good and the ugly and the super ugly, right? And you sometimes, I'm sure everyone's had it in their in their um, life where they, they had to, um, there was no choice. Like, you know, if you had to eat, right? You had to pay rent. You got to sleep somewhere, right? You had to make sure it happened. And it was, and then you had a situation in you where you felt like you couldn't go on, but you still had no choice. So you found yourself in that room. Has anyone ever been in that room? Yeah. I was going to say, somebody's lying. Because <laughs> I can tell you right now, I've been in that room several times, several times, like several times, homeless, all of that good stuff, right? That's why I can handle grace with humility. I can handle the blessings with humility. I don't look at the blessings like you owe me something. I look at it differently. So when I look at someone like Elon Musk, I go, wow, that that's just nutty what he was able to um, conquer. And then, you know, when he started the companies and then everybody, like he got ousted, they voted him out while he was on a plane ride. That's like the worst thing ever. 
You're in the air, you can't do nothing, but when you land, you're no longer the CEO. Did anyone read this book but me? Go ahead, Sheikah, come on, speak on it. So leave it to me to go straight to the end, but toward the end, um, the, the, the scenario was that he was running SpaceX and running Tesla and the engineer was like, I just, I can't do this thing that you want me to do. And when he dominated that and said, you know what, don't worry about it, I got it. I'm gonna run the project while I'm running two companies. So what he does in that moment is take away all excuses. There is no excuse left after you say, you know what, I got it. On top of everything else I got, I'm gonna get your part too. And, and then the, 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 the nail or the, the icing on the cake to that was, and then he did it. Oh, no doubt. Because there was no, like, do you realize that there's 24 hours in a day? And most people only optimize eight of them and they really do that. They're really optimizing maybe five of them. Maybe, like, maybe. He just said, you know what? I'm a prioritize and this dude is running let's not forget about solar city now which currently today has 41 percent of the market 41 yeah that part right and then underneath his umbrella this dude just takes companies develops them keeps them underneath his umbrella and he creates a new business and then what he does is he'll get you let's say you're the smartest um engineer he'll learn everything you know and then he'll duplicate it and become better at it and then get rid of your ass. <laughs> That's the horrible part, but it's true, right? It's not a great feeling. It's a capitalistic type of mentality, but if you let it happen, it happened. I mean, it is what it is, right? No ideas original under the sun. Thank you, give me that, right? But it's the craziest mentality. Um, it's like this dude came up with advertising on the internet. You know that, right? Read the book. He was, he was, his first business was to, start to see if he can get, I think Zip2 was the business, to get businesses to advertise on the internet. And people laughed him out of the building. Ironically so, those are the same type of companies that have been the biggest companies in my portfolio. I thank you very, very much. <laughs> right? The craziest thing, right? So um, what else we got going on here? Okay, so let's jump to the end, as she said. Let's talk about the next five books. How about that? Because we got two minutes. Whew. So we got uh, one of my favorite books as a, as a business person that I've read um, was The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mendino. The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og, O-G, Og Mandino, M-A-N-D-I-N-O. The next and last Peter Lynch book we're going to read, because it's the only one he's written, the last one, is Beating the Street. I think after that, you'll be ready for a little bit more of a higher level book. The next book is a book that I read with my team in 2000 and I think 11 or 12. And everybody that reads this book is in tears. <laughs> it's called Lead 
For God's Sake by Todd Gongwer, G-O-N-G-W-E-R. I hope I'm spelling it right, but lead for God's sake. Todd G, G-O-N-G-W-E-R. I'm going to double check that while I'm looking. While I'm looking, I'm going to my uh, my Kindle. I mean, not Kindle, my Audible. And then I think it's only appropriate that um, yeah, it is G-O-N-G-W-E-R that we read the Millionaire Mix next door. I think that makes sense. Start leveling up on just the information. And then I think we should always read something about a CEO. So I picked Stephen Jobs this time. So Steve Jobs by Walter Eichson, Isaacson, I-S-A-A-C-S-O-N. What was his, what was his first name? Isaacson? Walter. Walter. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it is the greatest salesman in the world, I think is, is almost like an uh, richest man in Babylon, but a little bit different, but I, I love that book. I've it's an easy read. It's actually, it's probably on audible. It's probably going to be in an hour and change that type of thing. Right. But it's an easy read um, beating the streets on audible. And, and that's cool. That's your information book. Feed your brain and your soul is going to be that lead by God's sake. Um, that the million next door is just going to get your mind going on how they live. So that, so you can then Kimberly, those habits, right? <laughs> oh, thank you for the exchange. That's pretty what, awesome. Wait, real quick. What was the name of the book? I keep turning the video. Which um, one? What, how many books did you give? Five or four? Five. Okay. I missed the one before Steve Jobs. The millionaire next door. Oh, I think I read that book. Mm -hmm. Who's the it. author on that one? On the millionaire next door? Thomas Stanley. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Welcome. Great book. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, and then Steve. Hey, could you go back through the list one more time? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Could you? The first book is the greatest salesman in the world. Got that one. By Ogmandino. The second book is Beating the Street. That's the one. By Peter Lynch. Okay. By Peter Lynch, Beating the Street. All right, the I got third it now. book is Lead for God's Sake. I'm just doing it for everybody. Todd G. Gongwer, G-O-N-G-W-E-R. The fourth book is The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley. The fifth book is Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. So did everybody enjoy the last group of books? Yeah. Yeah, I've I've totally enjoyed uh the um um the last the great the richest man in Babylon. Like that was dope. Yeah, no, it's me, it was a third, like I said it earlier, it's third time. I was like going, okay, it's my third time through this. I because I was like, okay, I got that part. I'm taking 10% no matter what you say. Right. But it was that it was definitely a great understanding. I think the whole it was surgical. I think if you look at the diagram of how we did it, is that we got a chance to live inside of a story. We got a chance to get a little bit more educated. We got a sense to rewire ourselves. And um, and we got a chance to get a better understanding on how we can advance ourselves in the market. I mean, all of the books tie into each other. And then the four agreements was just like. Yeah, I read that before. That's incredible. And Learn to Earn was good. Peter Lynch, Learn to Earn. Yeah, yeah. And when we start doing those things, it becomes super awesome. Thank you so much for putting that in the, in the chat there, brother. It, it becomes super awesome because we're allowing ourselves to, to open to, per, to possibilities. I'm going to be start, I'm going to start looking at other books outside of this, this finished a year up here, 
But you guys got to be proud of yourself. Before this, how many books were you reading a month? Three? Probably one or two. None. How about you, Tara? None? And that means you got to step in the game there, T. Yeah, I didn't have time. Are you are you listening to them now? Huh? Yeah. Good. There in you between. Go. You, that's it. Now, now you make it time. Mm. It's beautiful. How, how about mm. you, Sheikha? You read a million. No, you would be surprised. Um, but I have a question. Do you have a recommended like order? Um, as far as what not, whichever you want to. It's about your time. Okay. I think if I put a recommended order, that kind of puts you under pressure to keep up. And I, I don't think that makes sense. Just do what you need to do. We got 30 days. Huh? I love suggestions like that. If you, um, if no, because I want you to manage your time. You're the, you know your time better than I know your time. No, I got limitless time. I'm in the car. I'll, you know, I drive across the Metroplex. It's right there. You go. It's like Parcheesi, babe. You start for first. You start for the ones. You get to the twos, and you get to the three. Parcheesi. <laughs> it's it. Stop playing with me. Can I say something? I, I, this is my first time joining this group, and <laughs> I just found this so informative that you guys now have me not only at the new list, but now I have to jump into the list that you guys just covered so I can catch up. I'm liking this already. Thank you. I normally stick on tech books, but I'm trying to come out of that. And I think this is a good way to start. Thank you. You're welcome, baby. This is great. Well, I, I enjoyed everybody. Um, you know, I, I, if anyone has anything to say, say it now. Forever hold your peace because we're about to go peace. Yeah. Awesome. So I could I could tell you that um, this is this is a great thing because it allows me to hold you guys actually hold me accountable to reading my books. This is pretty damn awesome. I'm a reader, but I could get caught up in doing research that ain't reading. So you keep me on point and it allows me to keep my mind in the clouds where I needed to be so I can keep leveling up, which is super dope. So I appreciate you. All right. So other than that, I appreciate you. You have a great night and I'll see you next month. Oh, wait a minute. Hold I'm on. Speaking of reading, of reading, of keeping you accountable for reading your books, when do we read your book? Oh, damn it. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to give it to you because Miss Vicky's not on, on call to sound off with you. Um, do you have my book? No, but I'm stop, going to get your book. Stop, stop. Here, here's the reality. My book, everybody loves this book, but here's the reality. I don't like talking about myself like that. And for you to all know my wares and then everybody, I don't know you on a last name, middle name basis. It's easy to talk about other people. But the minute you read something about me and you think you know me, we got problems. <laughs> but we could hold a session and you could just sit in the background and we could talk about the book. There you it's go. a good book. talk about the book, but just understand how I feel about it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I told Vicky I'll vote on it next year. It ain't on the table for discussion right now. <laughs> because uh -huh. number one, the book was for KJ. It was it was really for him, and it became a public book because my publicist, not my publicist, my editor read it. It was like she was in tears and she enjoyed it and blah 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 blah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did it, and I was going to be on like. Um, what show I was going to be on in New York. I was going to be on somebody's show and do all of these things before COVID hit. And when it hit, 
it was a good thing because I didn't want to I didn't want to be out there with my personal nip. Like ah, I didn't want to do it. So I was happy not to do it. But I, I I will I will probably put it on the list. What's the next uh what's the next one so I can give you the date? We get the Erica Baidu, you sensitive about your shit. We get it. What do you say? We get the Erica Baidu, you're sensitive about your shit. Yeah, we get it. Who <laughs> said that? You baby? Yeah, you're right. I am sensitive about my shit. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. So let's get back to the calendar. Um, so what's the second week? So the 13th of January is when we when we're uh having our next book club meeting and stuff like that. And what I'll probably do is try to piece apart some of the lessons that I got from the last five books and make a couple of stock exchanges out of it because I think it deserves a little bit more fleshing out than we can do honest. Uh, justice in an hour and a half. Um, these are the longest ones that are going to be because it's, we got five books. So, you know, probably try to tool it down to four so we can do a little bit more deep dive, but it is what it is. But anyway, um, but to answer your question, Ms. Gina, soon, maybe. Whatever. Love you guys. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. going to get it and read it anyway. So there. Yep. So are you black? <laughs> it's a it's a good book, Gina. You're gonna really like it. We can read it. We just can't discuss it yet, but it's okay. We yeah. still appreciate you. Oh, okay. <laughs> give, give me some time to get to know you. Like I know Gina. Like here, here's the deal, and then we can get off the telly, right? I know Kimberly for four or five. Was this six months now, Kimberly? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm getting to know Evelyn, Daryl, Tanya, Sheikah. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know everybody. So I'm, I'm really funny about my distance. I'm sorry. I've been that way my whole entire life. Word. It's safe. Right? Who said what? Daryl what? I didn't say anything. But no, I, I said I word. Read, I am going to read it, though. Yeah. I get you. But no, it's, let's put it this way. It's, it's, it's written from a perspective that I think you'll enjoy because it has a little bit of everybody in it because we all come from that same perspective. Is it on audio book here? Nah, I didn't do it on audio book yet. Okay. I didn't do it because I, I I might do it, but I'm not thinking about it now. It's on, um, it's just, I got the physical book. You can only get through my website and you can get it through Amazon on the, um, it's only 99 cents on, 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 um, on Amazon. Oh, okay. No I'm an Amazon fool. So, okay. Right. So it's that simple. All right, guys, I appreciate you. It's nine ten. Love you. Appreciate you. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank you, Kevin. Bye. Bye, Mrs. Thanks, Davis. Kevin. Bye, Kevin. Good night. Bye, bye, everybody. Have a good night, everyone. All right, good night. You too.